listening. I invite you to check out my website, karagoodwin.com. I'm adding more resources all the time to assist you in your meditation journey. Sign up right on the homepage to receive a free 10-minute guided meditation that will fill you with light and peace and give your nervous system a reset. You can also find powerful offerings to help you start or amplify your existing meditation practice, including the Meditation Immersion Program to get a solid foundation to your meditation and the Healing Hearth ongoing program for regular online meditations and guidance. Thank you so much for your support and enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to the Meditation Conversation, the podcast to support your spiritual revolution. I'm your host, Kara Goodwin, and I am really excited to have David Gandelman today. (laughs) David is the founder of Meditation School, the host of several podcasts, and a meditation instructor at Cornell. He's also the author of a new book called The Seven Energies of the Soul, Awaken Your Inner Creator, Healer, Warrior, Lover, Artist, Explorer, and Master. So welcome, David. I'm so glad you're here. It's a pleasure. Hi, Karen. Nice to meet you. So you have a really fascinating background, um, studying spiritual traditions while living in the Himalayas directing a school for intuitive development in Hawaii, and you have various projects on the go, which I mentioned in your intro. So let's just talk about your journey, your multifaceted journey. How how did this all come to be? Did you grow up amongst these more kind of mystical and Eastern traditions? (laughs) No, uh, honestly, not at all. I grew up in the suburbs in New Jersey, outside of New York City, kind of regular kid playing ice hockey, you know, chasing girls. And uh, (laughs) when I was 16, my brother came home from college, dragged me to a bookstore because I never read. He basically forced me to pick up a book. And actually, (laughs) before I finish that story, last night, uh, two nights ago, I was doing a, a book event. I have a book that just came out and I was doing an event at the Boulder bookstore where I live in Colorado. And I, it was the first time it dawned on me. I was looking around and I was going, oh, this is where my spiritual journey started in a bookstore like this. Yeah. So my brother, 20 years ago, dragged me to a bookstore and uh, I picked up The Power of Now, which most people Mm -hmm. have heard of, Eckhart Tolle. Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was just random. He said, take any book in the bookstore. And I just picked it up and When I got home, I read a few pages and it was like a light bulb in me went off. Mm. Something really shifted. I I don't recall exactly what I read, but it was something along the lines of most of the time we spend our our mental energy in the future, projecting in in the future or being pulled back, dragged into the past. And we're Mm -hmm. rarely in this moment. And when I read that, uh, for whatever reason, something in me just clicked and shifted and I had what some folks might call a deep spiritual awakening. And from that moment on, I started meditating a lot and reading a lot. You know, I I tore through hundreds of books on meditation and spirituality and growth, everything and anything I could find. And, um, And then I went on to study philosophy in college and then I went on to live in Spain and then in the Himalayas. I lived in an ashram for a while up in uh, 
lovely town called Rishikesh at the base of the mountains Mm -hmm. where I studied with all the gurus I could find. I was a bit of a guru chaser. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I studied, I started by reading meditation books. Then I went into the Western philosophical content and then I went into the Eastern uh, Mm -hmm. side of stuff. And then after that, I, uh, very short version. I moved to Hawaii where I studied studied the intuitive healing arts, more of the energetic side of things. Mm. Um, and so it all you started in a bookstore. Home. Yeah. Yeah. And it ended up in Hawaii. I feel so, I'm really, really <laughs> Hard, sorry. I know. About... It's difficult. Difficult life. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, I have not made it to India, but I love Hawaii. It's amazing. Which island were you on? I lived on the Big Island for seven years. Yeah. Wow. And you, uh, and you were you ended up becoming the director for a school for intuitive development. Yeah. So I spent seven years at the school, three years as the director, and actually now we have our own academy called the Energy Matters Academy, where we have year long intuitive development training programs. We actually just started one uh, recently. Uh-huh. And, so and you t- have a podcast yes. with the same name, right? Yeah, we have a, it's called the Energy Matters Podcast. So anybody uh-huh. interested in the intuitive arts, uh, that would be mm-hmm. out of my three podcasts, that would be the one if you're interested okay. in that side of things. Yes. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, that's awesome. So so tell us about the, the subject of your new book. Let's get down into your book. Um, and it's called The Seven Energies of the Soul. Yes. And so tell us what what are the seven energies of the soul? Sure, I could just briefly walk through them. So we have the creator, the healer, the warrior, the lover, the artist, the explorer, and the master. And so um, I, I can go into each one a little bit if you like. And before I do, what I would preface by saying is, Uh, For me, when I wrote the book and the thesis of the book is that we're not just one of these energies, that we're all of them. And um, in each energy, we can find purpose and we could also sometimes occasionally find deficiency and or excess. So we could be an excessive lover. Maybe as an excessive lover, we have no boundaries. We're always giving love, never receiving it. Uh, maybe we could be a deficient lover. Our hearts are closed. We're not open to giving or receiving love. Maybe we're stuck mm-hmm. in the heart space. Um, it, maybe we could be a, an excessive creator where we're, a, we're workaholics, always creating and never putting our projects down. Or maybe we'll, we could be uh, deficient creators where we never start anything because we're afraid that we're going to fail. Right. Mm-hmm. And so in yeah. each of these energies, we can kind of overdo it or inflate, or we can maybe shrink away and deflate. And I think that a healthy, happy life is when we find balance in every single area and and find Mm -hmm. fulfillment. So that's where the kind of thesis of the book comes from. And so in it, I walk everybody through each energy, what the deficiencies and excesses look like, and then some exercises to find balance and, and potential in each one. So that's, I love that. So all of these energies are within us. And then of course, like just because we're all individuals, there will be like stronger ones that, ones that present more strongly in 
one person over another. I mean, because if we think about like take here, you've got healer and warrior there right next to each other, right? And so those don't always, like if somebody has a strong focus on healing, you know, they may not, like typically they're not bringing a lot of attention to the the warrior side within them as an example. Um, but But we all have this within us. Yeah, and a lot of spiritual folks, which uh, if I had to guess is probably your audience, uh, people who really identify with spirituality and healing, um, I think a lot of them are probably excessive in the healer, maybe in the lover, maybe often deficient in the warrior and or in the creator. I've worked with a lot of healers and coaches and guides and teachers who like want to get their own business going but have a hard time. They're like, I'm a great teacher. So maybe their master energy is really on point or a great healer. I'm really good at healing or a great lover. I have a lot of compassion. I listen. I'm present for others, but they just can't get the kind of financial, physical aspect of it going. So mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of that happen. Mm-hmm. And and there's almost like this distaste for, for that part of it. Like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I just want to do my art. And this happens to a lot of artists. They'll get an excessive mm-hmm. art energy, or maybe just they rise to their art potential, but they can't seem to meet the world in a way where they can make money f- from doing it and make it their passion into their life, into their life's yeah. work. And so they all, often will find those challenges in life, and they're not by accident, where life says, all right, you're great at this, but you need that and you need to bring them together. And then we find resistance or fear. Uh, I'm not good at that side. I'll just avoid it. And then we can't live up to our potential. And I heard, I read this somewhere once. Uh, I think it was Elon Musk's like first wife. She said, uh, Jennifer Musk, she said, if you want to get good at something, you have to take two ideas, have them have idea sex, and then birth an idea baby. And <laughs> I think of it the same way. Like when we mix colors, when we paint, we make something beautiful. So usually it's not just focusing or mastering one energy. For me, it's usually bringing multiple energies together and integrating them, kind of fusing them together, synergizing them. That's what's worked for me in my life anyway. And what I see usually helps my students. If we focus too much in a narrow direction, we can get lost in a rabbit hole. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there's so much wisdom with what you're saying. We bring these, I loved what you were saying about like, if you're spiritual and then you, you almost want to like deny anything that's, that we might perceive like a warrior uh, kind of thing. Or, and you talked about like being a master and then not wanting to bring, like, there's like a rejection of what is needed to complete, like to really offer yourself, you know, in this modern world. Um, and it really makes me think a lot about, um, you know, in modern terms, we've got like sales and marketing, you know, and that is, I mean, for me, speaking for me personally, it's so, it is really difficult to go from exactly what you're saying, teaching, being comfortable counseling, be, you know, all those things that come very naturally in healing. And then to feel like, oh, now I have to like go and try to like attract people to this and let them know that this is out there. So what does that mean in today's world? You go on social media. Well, that doesn't seem very like cohesive, 
with the lifestyle that I want to live, you know? And we come up against this all the time. You know, you and I are both podcast hosts. I don't know if you have guests, but I'm always in an interview format. And I have um, a form that people fill out. You know, your team filled out a form for, you know, to help me prepare. And I have somebody who's coming on next week and she's a healer. And, you know, it's like as simple as, introduce yourself. Like, tell me what, what do you do? What are you good at? What are you, you know? And I wasn't getting a response back from her. And it's really for me, like, help me, <laughs> help me prepare. Like, help me help you. Tell me. Exactly. And, but she's like, no, I don't want to toot my own horn. I don't want to <laughs> like, so she really was seeing it as like, she didn't want to like say these grandiose things. And she's an amazing healer. You know, I've, I've, I've worked with her, you know, and And I was like, okay, you got to flip it, flip Mm -hmm. it for me and help me just stop thinking about like that you're, you know, bigging yourself up or anything like that. And think of it as meet me halfway here. Like it just helped me. What, how do you, should I present you, you know? Um, and, but it's, it is, it's like the same kind of thing. We could take that to marketing or going on social media or whatever. It's like, you want to put yourself out there so people know, but it is like, it feels like that incongruency, you know? And, you know, just from her story, the first thing I would even, that comes to my mind is when we're hiding in that way, whether we're hiding, so shrinking, deflating or inflating, either way, it's about us, right? So I'm mm-hmm. deflating so no one sees me or so I don't come off as bragging or I'm inflating, see me. I'm the best. Either way, it's kind of the same energy moving in different directions. And what I would say to that is it's uh, it's about helping people, for me anyway, as a teacher and mm-hmm. making an impact and a difference. And so if me sharing my story and who I am helps you move on your path, then I'm happy to share it. And, exactly. you know, we all have different levels of comfort on like the how much detail we want to share about our story and how vulnerable we want to be. I don't think there's a right way to do it. I think it all depends on our personalities. But I've seen teachers really hide who they are. And I've I've interviewed countless teachers and healers and and writers. And um I've I'm I'm on an app, uh Insight Timer, where there's like I think there's like twelve thousand teachers and then mm. you know, millions of users. And I've, I'll see it over and over again where the teachers hide. They hide behind a very calm, you know, voice that's always the same, where they hide behind a really nice headshot, but they never really share themselves um, for fear of either deflating or inflating, whatever or whatever it might be. And so, as a, as a as a teacher, I think we have an obligation to share what we're here to share to help other people and get out of our own way. And yeah, obviously and I'm working on that too, time. always. Yeah, podcasting yeah. really helps <laughs> practice sharing. Yeah. Right, right. And it is, it's such a thing of like d- continuing to expand, right? And if we're going to expand, it's going outside of our comfort zone. And and that's, that is the only way, like anytime, whether it is to do with putting yourself out there or learning something new or, you know, exploring like, well, okay. I've been very afraid of like a warrior, for instance. I don't, I really don't want to engage with something that seems combative, you know, or, 
or, you know, cause that's kind of what comes to mind sometimes with the, with a warrior. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's like, okay, if, if we do really want to expand, if we really do want to grow and come into the fullest essence of who we are, we're going to be uncomfortable. Like we've got that, there are going to be growing pains. Absolutely. You know? So I have a uh, development team that's redesigning my, we have an app called Meditation School and they're actually in Ukraine. They're Ukrainian. They're in the middle of designing a meditation app with rifles at their desks and sometimes oh hiding gosh. in bomb shelters oh. and, uh, and they're male, so a lot of them. So they, they're not allowed to leave the country and they want to fight. And so they don't have a choice around being a warrior mm. or not. They have to be a warrior. And that's part of the warrior energy is sometimes an obligation, a stepping into courage of facing death, uh, maybe mm. of having structure, of putting in effort. These are all uh, on the human level, energies that we need. I remember teaching a, it might've been like a business class once for people in wellness. And one woman came up to me and said, you keep talking about putting all this effort into stuff. My guru told me you should put no effort in. And I said, that's great. No effort, no money. <laughs> Good yeah. luck with your business. <laughs> I, that works at a certain level when you reach a certain level of mastery. And it works when it comes to the internal world of meditating. But if you don't make anything, which takes effort, how are you going to create anything? And how are you going to share anything? And so she was just sitting in this intellectual space in her head going, my guru told me not to make effort, so I won't do anything. I once, uh, when I lived in the Himalayas, I used to go see this guru. Everyone would, you know, bow at his feet. And uh, I had a friend who was like, uh, I'll keep it vague, but he was in this, he had been in the special forces for a country in Europe, a very well-trained soldier. And now he was a disciple of this guy. And I remember him having to ask if he was allowed to start a business so he could make enough money to stay in India. And it was, I was like, you're an effing warrior. And now you're begging another human being asking if you can make enough money to eat. And, and uh, I was like, you didn't have to give up, from my perspective, your warrior or your mm -hmm. creator to open up your lover and your master energy. So I think sometimes we get into this, I'll sacrifice one thing for another, or I have to give this up to find that. And maybe that's not always true. We could be uh, spiritual warriors, or as mm -hmm. uh, Dan Millman put it, right, the peaceful warrior, if that's our path. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's an amazing book. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I I mean, this is really, really beautiful and, and complete, you know, and and um and it honors the individual journey, you know, which when you start talking about people asking permission of a guru, you know, that gets lost in that. Um, and that is something that I think that we're um, you know, we want to be aware of that if we are completely handing ourselves over and giving ourselves to, you know, where it's, there's one way, there's one way to be, this is the way, this is the, the direction. This is the only way for me, that is like red flags all over the place. You exactly. know, it's like we are yeah. individuals. We he are here with individual gifts, individual expressions. And 
And we all have a lot of work to do to get that balance. But this is what you're talking about. It's like that we, there is so, we are dynamic, multifaceted, multidimensional beings who have all of this within us. And it's not just about nurturing one part of it. You know, that's not a complete experience. And it's very common to lean into what we feel safe with or good at. So if someone's really flexible, then they love going to yoga because they're Mm -hmm. already really good at it and just bend into a pretzel. But I don't want any competitive sports. That's icky, right? So we tend to lean into into things and away from others. And growth is really on the edge when we feel somewhat uncomfortable. And um, life is often, though, people we... So many people, including me, we all sometimes chase comfort and move away from pain. And mm-hmm. that is actually a recipe for a lot of suffering to always move away from pain towards comfort. If you're always doing that, um, I think it's a great moment to step back and go, uh-oh, I've, yeah. I'm avoiding all the things that are going to help me really shift here. And right. you know, I'm a pretty spiritual dude as well. Obviously, it's my work. And so I've leaned away from the warrior energy many times. And it's I would say on some level it's cost me, you know, mm-hmm. so maybe the warrior is a part of you that stands up to a bully or tells somebody, you know, this doesn't work for me. You've crossed my boundaries or these business conditions, this agreement doesn't work, or mm-hmm. I'm going to protect somebody else. The warrior energy is an energy that maybe wants to bring security to others um, mm-hmm. where the healer, maybe the excess of healer goes, no, no fighting. There's no war. Uh, it doesn't exist. No fighting. Love. Oh, fix it. I'm going to turn off the news. Nothing. Not happening. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the warrior goes, well, listen, it is happening. And um, this is reality. And I'm going to step up. So what if yeah. you had your warrior and your healer functioning fully? What would that look like? Your warrior, your healer and your lover. So you could have incredible compassion I think I, I think I heard the Dalai Lama once say that some people are too dangerous to be alive. So what if we could have endless compassion and at the same time go, that's just not okay. And those two mm-hmm. things can coexist. And that's I think on, on the level of being a healer or teacher guide and having a business, on the level, level of being a lover in a relationship, and then also having autonomy and individuality, your own spiritual path. So I don't think these things contradict each other. I think they need to work together. That's a much harder challenge for me as a human being than just focusing all in on one and losing myself. Yeah. Well, that's beautiful. And I can't help but notice that there are seven energies that you've focused on. And how many chakras do we have? Yes, yeah, seven. So you <laughs> is that can, a coincidence? Yeah, or? you can see the energies going up the chakras. I think that's a valid way to look at them. So the creator in the first chakra, healer in the second, warrior third, lover in mm-hmm. the heart, artist in the throat, right, where we express our creativity. Mm-hmm. Maybe we write a song, we sing, we do comedy. <laughs> we podcast. We, we podcast. <laughs> we can express it through the body, right, through dance. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the explore where we want to see beyond the horizon. We want to know what's over that mountain. We want to know what's in that other star system, what's inside of a cell. You know, what is what does history look like? Maybe what does the future look like? Just that general sense of awe that, you know, mm-hmm. that Einstein would say that like feeling of awe when you look up into the stars and see the mystery of it all. So we have this third eye, this ability to see, maybe Mm -hmm. see beyond the material. Mm 
And then the master energy will maybe let's say that's the seventh chakra, right? Where we get our certainty or our purpose from uh, mm-hmm. connection to our higher selves. Um, mm-hmm. And also where we can be teachers, guides. We can have a, to be a guide or a teacher, you have to have a certain level of, of certainty, right? If you're going to guide somebody else, you want to sh- help shine a light on their path for them or into them so they could see themselves better. And that does take a certain level of experience and certainty. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it would imagine just like all the energy centers or chakras, however you want to call them, working together in harmony. I see the seven energies the same way. And the analogy I use is like um, when white light passes through a prism, it refracts into the seven seven main colors of the rainbow. And just like that, when the light of our awareness passes through our physical form, it kind of goes in, into creating the into these seven directions in life. And obviously we can combine all of those colors and make beautiful life art with whatever mm. we decide to do. But that's that's how I see it is it comes through us and out into the world. And um, yeah. who knows what what your life's going to look like, like if you were to make your whole life a masterpiece of some kind, what colors yeah. would it have? How much master in there? How much lover? How, many, how much yeah. creator? Yeah, I love that. That's so beautiful. So strong. So, um, you know, you talked a little bit about what, you know, we've touched on that we are in a wartime right now. The world is chaotic. Um, and we've just, you know, still got virus stuff kind of hanging in there. Um, I know you've been meditating for quite a while, you know, your journey started, was it at 17, 16, 16, yeah. Over 20 Um, years. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, talk a little bit about some of the, the benefits that you receive in meditation in, as this, if, you know, the, the surface of the world kind of seems there's definitely shifting, let's say happening. And for a lot of people that can be really scary. So, um, Talk a little bit about meditation in this chaotic world. And so if you're afraid, that warrior energy, again, it's a great energy to tap into when we face the fear of death or uh, many other kinds of fear. You know, I'm right. I'm actually podcasting from my grandparents' uh, place in Florida. I just came here last night. Uh, Grandpa's celebrating his 92nd birthday today. Oh, you're kidding me. Happy birthday, Grandpa. Happy birthday, Grandpa. Oh, how just nice le- you can be there. He left before we started recording. He's like, you're going to record a podcast. I don't know what that is. you'll have to listen to this one so he can hear his birthday wishes it'll be after his birthday by the time he hears (laughs) (laughs) and you know they survived the holocaust no kidding oh my goodness and so you know there's this deep pain body that they've been holding for 80 80 years wow and for me, I think for most people, when you spend time with your family, like, yeah, that's the moment you go, is my meditation practice working? <laughs> <laughs> it's a long way working? of saying that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> do I truly have inner peace uh, when I'm around family? Because, you know, they'll always yeah. poke you and prod you. Nobody knows where your buttons are better. I think, yeah. right, Ram Das said, do you think you're enlightened? Go hang with your family for a little while. 
Yeah. So uh, <laughs> on a personal level, it definitely helps me stay neutral. Stay grounded. And calm. Yeah. And by no means am I perfect uh, there yet. <laughs> so the, I mean, the benefits are really endless. But I think what's important is what are the what are your personal goals with meditation? So is it to find out who you are? Is it to find inner peace and enlightenment? Is it to learn how to find your own answers when you close your eyes? So that's often what I work on with my students is we close our physical eyes and we open our inner eye. And that's where we have insight, right? The ability to see in. So I, I could see you, I could see my physical body, but if I close my eyes, I can see my emotional body, my energetic body, maybe my mental body. I could see thought forms. I could see images uh, from the past. I can create images that I want to make physically in the world at some point, manifest into the world. And there's a lot of work to be done with our eyes closed when we're awake. So mm. at night, we close our eyes to fall asleep. And in meditation, we close our eyes to wake up which can feel very counterintuitive at first for a beginner who's meditating and they just keep, you know, they fall asleep every time they go to meditate because their body is used to that when they close their mm. eyes. And yeah. also medit for me, meditation is the bridge between the conscious and the unconscious. So when we close our eyes and we go into the unconscious, we go unconscious. That's why so many meditators have a hard time staying awake. But if we can stay awake, if we master that over time and we can go into the unconscious rooms in our mental, emotional bodies and bring a light of awareness, there's a lot we can uncover and there's a lot we can really discover and our answers are are in there. And I always tell my students that our, our answers are, I don't think they're just like sitting there under a cupboard. Some of them might be. You know, you dust them off. Oh, there, there's my answer. Others, I think, develop the way like when a flower blossoms and then there's like this beautiful fragrance and these colors on the petals. I think in the same way when we develop as beings, our answers blossom. So when somebody comes to me and they have like some deep question about relationship or career or creativity or whatever, life path, purpose, I always tell them, well, maybe that's step 10 and let's find out what step you're actually at. If you're on step one or two, it's not time for the an ultimate answer yet. You might have a bunch of layers of energy to work through. And then when mm -hmm. you work through those layers of energy, almost paradoxically, like you find your answer and it also is just created and flowers. Mm -hmm. it's a, it's, to me, it's a bit of, of both, or maybe it depends on the situation. But our answers are, I tell my students, our answers are born out of our energy. So if you're kind of a jerkhead <laughs> sitting in a bunch of negativity, the, everything you see in the world is going to reflect that. Everyone else is going to be a jerk. They're doing it to you. The world's unfair. It's a violent place. It's horrible. Why bother? Right? Mm -hmm. So those are going to be your answers. They're going to be born out of your energy, the way you see the world and vice versa. So I think if we heal and shift our energy, we have some beautiful answers that are born and they're going to reflect our inner, our outer state, you know, as we all know, will reflect our inner state, our outer circumstances, mm -hmm. maybe is more a better, better way to put it, will reflect our inner energy. And um, the proof is always in the pudding. It's always in the pudding. So mm -hmm. uh, I don't care how brilliant someone is or what their spiritual ideas are, 
or how many books they've read. That literally has no effect on me when someone tells me all those things. I just look at them and look at their energy and see what their energy is like. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's become much more over time in my very old age, <laughs> uh, <laughs> valuable to me than, uh, when I was in college, I thought my professors were gods like, Oh my God, how many PhDs does he have or she have? They're so smart. They know all of Immanuel Kant and Rousseau and Aristotle and Plato. Oh my God, they're the, you know, pinnacle of human existence. And then I realized they're great, nice people, but they're mostly just big left brains and that yeah, there was more to life than that. They're holding a lot of memory. Yeah. Exactly. So um, for me these days, uh, somebody, the, the quality of somebody's energy is always what I, what I look for. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, this has been really, really beautiful connecting with you. Um, as we wrap up here, how can people find out more about you and connect with your work? Sure. Um, probably the best way to find me would be just to go to meditationschool.us or download the Meditation School app. Uh, or you could find me on Spotify or on uh, the Insight Timer app, which is mm-hmm. uh, a place a lot of meditators go to. So I think those would be the spots. Okay, beautiful. And again, your new book is The Seven Energies of the Soul, Awaken Your Inner Creator, Healer, Warrior, Lover, Artist, Explorer, and Master. And so I will have all kinds of fun details in the show notes for um, how, you know, your website and so forth and, and the book. And um, so thank you so much for being here. It's really been a joy to connect with you. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening. Can you do me a small favor? Go online right now and share this episode with one person who you think will love it. Thank you so much.